98FM's Now That's What I Call Sport Podcast. Now it's time to welcome a man who has the unique position of playing for both Liverpool and Everton as well as Hereford United, Newcastle United, Blackpool and of course Ireland. He played for the boys in green at Euro 88 in all the games and in the World Cup in 1990 where he scored our first ever FIFA World Cup goal. He's one of many ex-Ireland players helping us celebrate the fact that we'll be hosting four games in Dublin at Euro 2020. Mr. Kevin Sheedy, welcome to 98FM. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Kevin, for having a chat. Now, the Euros come to Dublin in 2020 and we hosted the draw last weekend. You've been very busy around Dublin promoting the National Football Exhibition, which is open in the Printworks in Dublin Castle from 11am until 7pm today on Sunday. It's the last day in Dublin before it moves to other spots around the country in 2019. So, Kevin, what can people expect from the exhibition? Um, well, it's a lot of memorabilia. Um, certainly, the, the, when I was playing, you didn't realise it's not what it is now. Um, I remember the goal I scored against England. Um, I gave my boots to McBurn, the physio, who uh, donated them to a charity. Um, but it's great for the exhibition. Uh, I've donated a lot of my memorabilia to it. And I think it's great for people to be able to, you know, to go and look and see the, the, the blazers we wore in 88 and 90 and, you know, the shirts and ties and, and all the, the football kits. Yeah, I'm sure there's some great stuff as well from 88 and 1990, as you mentioned. Were you one back then to keep jerseys and keep boots? You mentioned about giving the boots from that England game to the kit man, but are you one now for, you know, old photos and caps and old jerseys and, and any type of memorabilia like that? Um, well, fortunately for me, my mum, she kept everything. So when I came back after games and different competitions, uh, I gave her all the, the memorabilia, so she kept hold of it. So fortunately, um, you know, I had a lot of the, a lot of shirts and, and different things from games. So yeah, so it's, 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 at the time when you play and you're just going on to the next game, it's only when you actually retire and finish from f- football that it's nice to, to get them out and have a look at them. Yeah, I mean, you do have a look at them maybe with the family or whoever you showed them to. What sort of things do you show them and what sort of memories do they bring up? Because as you mentioned, when you're playing, it's the next game and the next game and, you know, the next session. But now you're retired, you have time to look back and I'm sure you've got some really cool bits and pieces from across your career to remind you of all those great days. Yeah, it's great for my kids because obviously they were too young to, to remember when I, when I was playing and, and playing in the Euros and the World Cup. So it's nice to, to show them the shirts from the games and, and the medals and different things that you, you received as gifts. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to look back on. What's the best piece of memorabilia that you have, Kevin? Um, certainly from um, the World Cup was the, the shirt I wore against England scoring uh, Ireland's first ever goal. So that's a piece of history no one will be able to take away. Um, a winner's medals for the league with Everton, uh, Cup Winners' Cup. Uh, so all, all you know, different, different, um, different things. But it was just for, I was just so fortunate and privileged to have played for, for Everton and Ireland in the same era when they were both very successful. Yeah, we'll talk about that 1990 World Cup, Kevin, in just a second. But let's go to Euro 88 first. I wasn't even born. I'm an 89 baby. But that 1-0 win over England. Ray Houghton, who we spoke to on the show a couple of weeks ago, got that goal. Our first ever match at a major championships. We drew 1-1 then with the old Soviet Union. And then the last game against Netherlands, a win or a draw would have got us through. But we ended up losing the game 1-0. What sort of things do you remember when you look back on that tournament under Big Jack Charlton? Well, I think it was it was high pressure the first game. Um, obviously, Ray scoring that, that great goal. Um, the atmosphere it was baking hot. Um, and when you're growing up as a player, you obviously want to play to the highest level that you can. So to be involved in in the Euros in that time, uh, I remember the second game against Russia. Uh, we should have beaten them. Um, they were a real good team, but on the day we were better than them. And then, as you mentioned, we were six minutes away from from nothing, uh, knocking Holland out of the competition. And when you look at the the final, Holland and, and Russia. 
uh, we're in the Holland, uh, obviously won it, but we were very close to, to, to beating both of those teams. So I think it gave us the confidence that we could compete with, you know, some of the best teams and players in the world. Yeah, you know, we see now with World Cups and European Championships and big sporting events, just how widespread the build-up is. And you've got, you know, the likes of Sky Sports News and the Irish channels and social media now, you know, a real, real factor in the coverage of, of all of these big events. But back then in 88, what was the build-up like? Because as I mentioned, it was Ireland's first major tournament. So what was the build-up like then in comparison to now when obviously back then it would have been a lot different? Um, obviously, as you mentioned, I mean the um, media attention is 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 is, is much more now. Uh, so I don't think we were too pressurised with the, the media. We obviously knew it was a big game playing against England. Uh, Jack, having won the World Cup with England in '66, you could tell there was sort of added pressure on him. Um, but we you know the preparation was great. Um, you know the players. It was like a more of a derby game than than a normal international game because every player knew each other. Um, I played against uh, Gary Stevens, who was the right back. Um, so he knew me inside out. I knew him in, inside out, and I think that went right the way across the the pitch. So it was a, it was always going to be a tight game, which all uh, internationals against England are. Um, but fortunately, we, we came out of it on the right side that day. Yeah, I mentioned to Ray a couple of weeks ago that my uncle was actually at that game, and he said it's the best moment of his life as a football fan as well. And you know, it must have been just an unbelievable feeling to have, you know for Ray to score that goal and to beat England in the first ever game as you mentioned the derby atmosphere as well what were those minutes you know immediately after that match like I know you've got to get ready straight away for the next game but just an amazing I'm sure hour afterwards in the changing room when you, when you get time to, to spend it with the players and the staff and go we've just beaten England yeah, I think it's because it's because of the the build up for the length of time, the build up for the first game. So to actually go and perform and perform as well as we did, and, and to beat them on the day, then I think you just sit down after the game and everyone just has a a bit of a sigh of relief that you know that we've 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 played well, we've performed. I think Jack was absolutely delighted because obviously the preparations were were key with him, and to get it right on the day, which he did, then um, you know everyone looks back at it. But then, as you say, once um, you know the initial. Uh, enjoyment then you, you, you thought uh, focusing on, on the next game against Russia Yeah speaking of mixed feelings and mixed emotions you said they're six minutes away from getting what we needed against Netherlands to qualify out of the group as well a very high pressure game when in the game did you start to realise that we've actually got a chance here and then when they scored to win the game 1-0 your heart must have just been broken yeah, I mean, it's, it's a cruel game, football. Sometimes you're on the right end of that type, type of result. Unfortunately, on the day, we weren't. Uh, they had a great team. Um, you know, Pullets, Van Basten, um, fantastic players, but we more than matched them. And on another day, we could have got the draw or we could have beaten them. So it was a real tight affair. And unfortunately, six minutes from time, there's not really, you know, you obviously try and get the equaliser, but uh, it came, the goal came too late for us. You know, if it had been scored earlier, then we'd have had a bit more of a chance. But, you know, as as I said before, uh, probably Holland were the best team uh, in the tournament, but to have run them so close, Russia, as I say, we should have beaten them. So, you know, we proved that we could compete with the, the best teams and best players in the world. You're on there. That's what I call sport on 98FM. It's Jamie Moore here along with former Ireland star Kevin Sheedy speaking here on 98FM. Ireland, of course, hosting some games in Euro 2020 and Kevin along with others. Uh, ambassadors for the National Football Exhibition taking place later on today. The print works in Dublin Castle from 11am until 7pm. Kevin, let's move from 88 to the World Cup 1990, Italia 90. Three draws in the group stage got us to the quarterfinals, including a draw against England and a certain Mr. K. Sheedy 
scoring Ireland's first ever goal at a World Cup. What do you remember about it? Um, I remember uh, Steve McMahon uh, winning the ball and he tried to play a square pass to Gary Stevens, uh, which I intercepted. Um, and my first touch was good. Um, as soon as it left my boot, I knew it was in. Uh, all years of practice and training, you know when you hit the ball sweet and uh, it's rocketed in Peter Shilton's left-hand bottom corner. Uh, fantastic memory, you know, when you look back on it at the time, you just, you know, you're doing your job. But when you look back, you know, to score Aaron's first ever goal in a World Cup is a piece of history no one can take away from me. Um, but it was just, as I said before, it was similar to the Euro 88 game, it was a tight affair. Uh, everybody knew everybody and um you know a draw you know if you get beaten the first game you're always playing catch up so a draw was was a was a fair result probably on the night and uh, it enabled us to to qualify and get out of the group yeah i was just watching the goal back on youtube this morning the words sweetly struck come to mind once you took that touch to the left of the goal left footer across the keeper you absolutely smashed it in indeed yes and you know, say i was i was quite lethal from that sort of distance uh, both of free kicks and, and from open play. So, um, you know, as, as I said before, it was just a great feeling. Uh, I don't know what sort of celebration I'd have been able to do, but Steve Thornton grabbed me before I could do anything. So he probably saved my embarrassment. But no, just a fantastic uh, memory and, uh, you know, something I'll always look back on. Yeah, 28 years on, Kevin, as well. And of course, you know, we've been to the World Cup in 2002. We've been to a couple of European championships since as well. But to be the man who has scored our first ever goal at a World Cup and you know now you're 28 years on you're probably talking about it quite a lot as well but to have that piece of history with you is something that will, will live with you forever even though it is quite a long time ago now and Irish football history has moved on with other great moments and memories but that's one that will always be there Indeed yes and I get reminded of it by, uh, by everybody you know so it, it, as I say people come up to me tell me you know where they were what they were doing on that night so it, it's, a, it's a special memory for me and as I say something that I look back with, uh, with fondness yeah, and then the group moved on. We drew with Egypt and drew with our old friends, Netherlands, who had broken our hearts a couple of years before. And that led to one of the most famous Irish football matches ever, the quarterfinal, or the last 16, should I say, against Romania. A 5-4 penalty win. You scored the first penalty. And uh, Mr. Packy Bonner was the hero. And your video, the goal of England, is very, uh, you know, it's huge hits on YouTube. And his save is the same. Indeed, yes. I mean, fantastic save from Packy. I mean, he was... He was close to most of the penalties, so um, you know he saved the best of last. But uh, you know, again, it was a, a high pressure situation, penalty shootout. Um, I was sort of I was the penalty taker, so I was always going to take the first penalty because I, I didn't want to save it just in case um, we, we were knocked out before that. So um, you know, it's a long walk from the halfway line, uh, but it kept my nerve, held my nerve, uh, hit the ball as sweet as I could, and um, you know, say the other lads followed suit: uh, Ray Houghton, Andy Townsend, Cass. And then Packy set it up for, for Dave O'Leary and probably, you know, one of the, the last players probably you'd expect to see step up to take the penalty, but Dave kept his nerve. I said to him before he went to take it, just pick your spot and hit it as clean as you can. And um, he did that and, uh, you know, it was, it was a fantastic moment to, to get through. So what are you actually thinking when you're walking up in the World Cup to take the first penalty for Ireland, knowing, obviously, that you're one of our main attacking players and you need to score. Can you think back to then and when you're actually making the walk, what's in your head? Um, you're thinking don't miss but you, your thought process is, is where, where you're going to put the ball and my thought process was the keeper's got to dive, he's got to move, he's not just going to stand there so I was just going to hit it as hard as I could and as hard as I could in, into the net. Um, you've got about fifteen to 20,000 Irish supporters behind the goal 
uh, had my mum and dad up in the stand. So it's uh, you're not going to miss for them. So uh, you know, as I say, big pressure, but uh, you know, great relief when when the ball does hit the back of the net. And as I say, the other lads followed suit. So it was uh, it was uh, it was it was it was good because it showed the professionalism of the players. And as I said, Packy made that that great save, and you know, uh, to get us through to the the quarterfinals. Yeah, like as I mentioned, the video is just amazing of the save as well. And at that time, had that goal gone in, it would have went to sudden death as well. Had any of you guys spoken to Packy before? I know everybody was very confident that he would save one. He saved the fifth one for Romania to get us through. And again, another historic Irish moment, I'm sure, features in this exhibition as well. But just your thoughts on the lead into that and everybody really hoping he'd make that big save, which he did. Well, we had great, fantastic belief in Packy. He was a great goalkeeper. Um, and he, as I said before, he was getting close to the penalties. So you just knew if he, if he guessed the right way on one of them, he'd certainly save it. And, um, you know, the pressure was on um, that the fifth penalty. As there's, there's different sorts of pressures on the penalties, but certainly the, the fifth one for Romania uh, to miss. And then obviously, as I say, Dave stepped up and uh, picked the spot. And, uh, it, it was great. You, you felt afterwards. You felt a little bit of sympathy for for Romania because it's not the way you, you want to get knocked out of a World Cup. Uh, they had a fantastic player, Haji, playing for them. Uh, but certainly, you know, as a professional, uh, you want to win, and uh, you know that's what we did. Yeah, and you moved on down to the quarter final against Italy, a one nil defeat. Salvador Scalacci got the only goal of the game. I think seven minutes before half time as well, and. We'd gone from the high of, you know, that shootout win and a brilliant football moment to the low of being knocked out of the World Cup at the quarterfinals a few days later. Indeed, yes. I mean, it was um, a great atmosphere. There's 80,000 people here. It was absolutely electric. Uh, the host team. Uh, I think the referee had an Italian shirt on under his shirt. Um, he didn't give us any any decisions on the night. So, an entirely fought game. Sometimes that can tip the balance. Um, but, but as you say, uh, the only the, the chance that fell to, to Scalacci and he was absolutely on fire. Um, so there's only one place that was ending up. But uh, we ran them close. Um, I'd come up against my toughest ever opponent in Bergami, the right back. It was the first time I'd ever been man marked by an Italian defender. Um, but certainly, you know, as I say, it was a close game. One goal was going to win it either way. And unfortunately, uh, we got beat, but I think you know we, we put in a, a real good performance. But uh, you know, Sally on the night, it was uh, it wasn't quite good enough. Talk me through, Kevin, the homecoming because Irish people generally welcome our sports teams and sports people back to our country when they've done well with great pride and great celebration. And the summer of 1990 was no different. No, I mean we had a, a great homecoming for the '88. Euros, uh, but nothing like the, the 1990. Um, there was no uh, phones in those days where you could take photos. Uh, my last in memory uh, was uh, coming down O'Connell Street and looking back, and someone said there was about 250,000 people there. It was it was unbelievable. You know, it just showed uh, you know the impact we've had on the, on the country. You know that, that what they thought and how they enjoyed uh, the overall um, the Italian. Uh, World Cup experience so it was, it was just you know the people were brilliant and it was just you know it, it was it was amazing you know it's hard to put into words you know what was happening you know the amount of people who were out wishing us wishing us well That's great stuff that's the voice of former Ireland International Kevin Sheedy speaking to us here on 98FM one of the ambassadors for the National Football Exhibition which is open for the last day in Dublin today in the Printworks in Dublin Castle from 11pm 11am should I say to 7pm great stuff Kevin thanks a million Thanks a lot Thanks 98 FM. Now that's what I call sport. Get the full show every Sunday morning from 9, only on 98 FM.